You are listening to episode 184 of This is Type 1. Today we're talking about type 1 diabetes self-doubt and how to deal with it. Self-doubt really comes from a couple of places, and the primary one is obviously our thoughts. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we talk about how our thoughts cause our feelings, and self-doubt, when it comes down to it, really is a feeling. It's, I think, doubting your ability to do things or doubting yourself and your ability to do things, or just whatever your definition of self-doubt is, I almost 100% guarantee it comes from how you're thinking about either yourself your diabetes or you in relation to diabetes in relation to other people. A lot of the time, self-doubt will come from comparing ourselves to other people, comparing ourselves to other type 1 diabetics. Maybe we see athletes on Instagram or in the news about how they've done these amazing feats. And we're just wondering how we could go on a run or hike to the top of a mountain and feel like we're inadequate in some way because a different person with the same condition that we have managed to do something that we feel like we can't do. And I think self-doubt, especially when it goes un... What is it? What's the word? It's on the tip of my tongue. I was thinking unacknowledged, maybe. Okay. Like, it's just when you don't deal with it, when you don't... That's Maybe that's what ignoring I'm Ignoring it? To, yeah. When you're ignoring it, when you don't deal with it, it can lead to feeling alone. Because you feel like you are the only person feeling this way about your type 1 diabetes. And I guarantee that is like not the case. Everybody feels that way at some point. Oh, yeah. Or you feel isolated. That's a good one. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also can come from along the same thread when you're feeling alone. if, If you don't feel like you're having support from your doctor, that can just exacerbate that. And so you might feel self doubt about being able to make decisions on your own. Or, I mean, if you're like me and you go the opposite direction, you end up making all your decisions on your own without consulting your doctor until after the fact. So it could really swing both ways. <laughs> Jesse, do you have any comments on all of that? I don't know. Ask forgiveness, not permission. There we go. <laughs> That's the best way I can think about it. Because like you know your diabetes and you know your lifestyle better than your doctor does every three months for a 15-minute appointment. That's my opinion on the thought of like, yes, they're a doctor and yes, you should listen to them. But if you just want to make like a subtle change or just doing that, ask forgiveness later and let them know later, like, hey, this is what I did. Instead of asking for permission to do it, that can sometimes actually work out pretty good. But yeah, when you feel alone, that can be really hard to do when you feel alone like that. Or you feel like I'm the only one who's dealing with my diabetes and why, why should I even care? And then it would be time to call your doctor and be like, hey, I feel this way. What can we do so that we can change this? They might set you up an appointment. They might point you in the right direction. Or they might even make adjustments to your insulin right there over the phone. I think one of the only times that I've had this really, this experience was when I first started trying to lose weight. I had a lot of self-doubt because I had never been able to before. And that's a really common thing with people trying to lose weight is if you you fail to when you're first starting out, you keep having experience over experience after experience of not being able to do something that you set out and really try really hard to do. And I got to the point where I was just done with that self-doubt of not being able to do it. And then I made the decision to just go all in on low carb and not tell my doctor until I lost the weight. And it wasn't until I lost all the weight. It was, I lost a significant amount. And I told her 
this is what's working for me. And she's like, great, keep doing that. So it worked out where I didn't even need forgiveness because she was all on board anyway. And it helped conquer that feeling that I have to rely on somebody else to tell me what to do. And I think this is edging more into talking about doctors not doctoring as they should doctor, but it really does have an impact on your feelings of self-doubt, especially when you're trying to make decisions for your life, because we are all in charge of our lives, especially as adults. And with type 1 diabetes, this is a daily thing that we have to deal with. There is a clear difference, though, between downing yourself because you're diabetic or doubting yourself out of diabetes versus when you are doubting yourself because you know your diabetes might get in the way. So, for example, I ran cross country in high school. I wasn't in doubt of doing cross country because I was afraid of how my diabetes was reacting. I was more so in self-doubt because my diabetes was acting a certain way and I could do nothing to control it. So I felt others were judging me for being diabetic and or being out of control with my diabetes. Now, that's a very big difference because even though, in all honesty, cross-country was not my thing, (laughs) I will freely admit that. That was not it. I did it anyways because I wanted to at the time. Not And I didn't necessarily let myself stop doing that because I hated it. Did. But I didn't stop doing it because of my diabetes or I didn't let my diabetes prevent that because I had doubt in myself on how to handle it. So when you're feeling like you want to try something new, you should never let your diabetes hold you back from doing that thing rather than what might be something that you need to conquer or experience the feelings of self-judgment or self-doubt because of how your diabetes is working with you in that time. Does that make sense? I think so. It's just going back to don't let don't let diabetes stop you from doing what you want to do. And if that's learning how to hike like I did without dropping low, and I dropped low 18 or 19 of the first hikes, and I still drop low on hikes, I just deal with it better. I mean, it could be uh, if you want to learn how to weightlift, you can go back and listen to our episode with Mary Lynn, episode 177. She does not let her diabetes get in the way of that. And I think that's amazing. So whatever it is you want to do with your life, Don't let diabetes stop you from doing it. Just learn how to manage around the diabetes. And then don't judge yourself. (laughs) Regardless of how how the chips fall, if you decide to stop doing it because like Jesse said, it's just not your thing, don't judge yourself for stopping doing it. It's It was a decision that probably had nothing to do with the diabetes. And then we also have an episode about this next topic, which is comparing yourself to the perfect diabetic or the social media diabetic. So what that is, is somebody who looks perfect on social media, looks perfect on paper, that they're doing everything right. But the whole thing is, we don't know the full story. So you can ju- you can write a thousand words about a photo or a picture, but until you know the full story or the grapp- grasp of what they're going through, they might you know, not see be as perfect as they're coming off as. And there's no shame in presenting yourself as being a perfect diabetic or even the perfect weightlifter or anything like that. It's just important to realize as a viewer that that might not be the full story that they're also experiencing. So they also might be experiencing diabetic problems or there might 
they could be in ketoacidosis half of the time and they're not even taking care of themselves, yet it they're also posting about being diabetic. And there's no shame in that, just understanding that that you shouldn't compare yourself to just the only image that you're seeing of somebody who's only sharing one small sliver of their life. I just finished reading a book called The Psychology of Money. And the guy who wrote it points out that we don't really care at all about the guy who's driving the fancy car. We're all imagining ourselves driving the fancy car. And so when we're trying to change our lives to fit what other people like with the intention of having other people like and respect us more, this falls under posting on uh, social media as like, hey, look, my blood sugars are amazing. We don't know what the context is. We don't know the struggles that person has to go through to get one single three-hour window where their blood sugar is in range. We don't know what the other... What's the math? 18 hours? I don't know. (laughs) I can't do math. Six hours. There we go. We don't know what the other six hours look like. Or, Yeah, I can't do math, especially when we're live on recording. So sorry about that. Whatever the math is there. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very small portion of your life. So you shouldn't compare somebody are you to somebody who's sharing a social media post or the idea of the perfect diabetic because they don't exist. It's a fictional idea that yes, we're all striving towards, but it's not very, it's never going to be feasible because there's always going to be another thing you want to work on too. So say you start working on dieting better or being low carb more. Great. You did that. Awesome. Now you're going to strive towards something bigger with your diabetes or getting your A1C even lower. So It's an idea. It's a beautiful idea, but it's just an idea. And then another thing to kind of go along with this is how you think you should eat versus how you're doing and doing in a good way to maintaining your good blood sugars. For example, if you have the routine of, I'm going to have this many carbs at breakfast, this many carbs at lunch, this many carbs at dinner, that might work awesome for you. But if you're feeling self-doubt about that, because somebody else is eating or having a different lifestyle than you, that's okay if you want to change it. But at the same time, it's really important to understand why you want to change your lifestyle if it's working for you. So if you're eating 120 carbs a day because you're working out so much and you're hungry and you want to eat that, those foods or whatever... That's really important that you do that rather than thinking you should absolutely be on low carb because it works for somebody else. And for the record, 120 carbs a day to some people could be considered low carb. Yeah. It just, it's all about the lifestyle that you're living versus the lifestyle, again, about somebody else who you might not even know this full story of. But just the idea of how you think you should be eating versus how you are eating and if it's working well for you. That's a huge concept to understand. And then that if become if you think about it too much, it can become self-doubt of is this really working for me? Should I be making those changes? And it's okay to have those thoughts, just understanding that what are the reasons for those thoughts? And then not feeling understood by other diabetics or even by your parents. So you are diabetic or your family member is diabetic and they're coming to you or you're talking to somebody about being diabetic, you're never going to be able to fully express how diabetes makes you feel in context to your personal lifestyle because they're not you and you're not them. So you can never understand fully of like 
the emotions that somebody has towards something because it might be really hard for them to articulate it without having some kind of like traumatic response or even understanding that they're saying these things and it could mean something to them and different to another person. So one example of this is like when I was really little and we weren't allowed to like cuss or anything like that around my parents or around anybody and I was diagnosed, my mom did this huge thing. And I've talked about this before of like letting me be mad at diabetes as a thing because it took away so much from me as a kid. And I remember like life before diabetes at this point and everything. I still do, but just understanding the perspective behind that. So she would let me get so mad at diabetes, let me cuss and yell. And at the time I was like, I'm so angry and this is so cool that I'm cussing out loud. And now that I understand why she did that, she was letting me express my rage about being diabetic in a really healthy manner by letting me be angry at a fictional thing that was going on in my life rather than me taking it out and not her not really understanding why I wasn't like pre is saying you're doing this or doing that. It was a way for her to also experience the intense emotions that I was feeling about diabetes while being really healthy about it too. And to be clear, it's not a fictional condition. It's just that your mom personified it for you so that you could be mad at an entity instead of mad yes. at yourself. Yes, exactly. And instead of like being angry at diabetes as like a, a disease, it was more so like personifying it so I could be mad at it. So then I would be able to take care of being diabetic rather than like being so angry at this thing of diabetes that I wouldn't bowl for carbs or I wouldn't, I would take my aggression out on technically myself, but I was able to verbalize it and personify it at the time and really take all the emotions out on it as a thing rather than it as a thing that could hurt me in the long run and not understanding that. So I don't know, that's a tool for parents too of like, kids with diabetes is to let them express their feelings about it in their own tiny mind ways because it can really help if you personify it in that way too. Because then they can talk about it too in a way that is comparable to them and they don't necessarily have to piece together that it's a disease or it's a diagnosis on me and to not have those emotions taken out on themselves as well. All right. So other people making diabetes seem easy and you're having a hard time. I've experienced this a couple of times with friends of mine where we're talking about our diabetes, we're talking about our lifestyles, and I'm just having a terrible blood sugar day that day. And I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And then they take they talk about how easy diabetes is for them or how easy being low carb is for them or how easy it is for them to absorb insulin after a workout. Something like that where it's not so personal onto myself or not so personal to me. It's me thinking that way because I'm having a hard time or I'm having a hard diabetes day and doubting myself and having those doubtful thoughts of, am I really doing this right? Am I... Am I really, really, could I be doing really that much better? Because like, why I can't I myself? figure it yeah. out like they have? Yes. Like why, why, what's the big blocker? And I'm doing everything they're doing and it works out great in the long run. But you know, right then you're having those doubt, those thoughts of self-doubt because you're going through a hard time 
and they're making it look easy. So having that comparison isn't really healthy or like comparing yourself again to the perfect diabetic isn't attainable. It's helpful to remember that even though in the moment they might look like they have it easy, they still have difficult times in their life that's just not showing right now. Yeah. So even like having those thoughts of self-doubt, those can lead to some really good things too. Like, oh, this is really bothering me. What can I change? But also understanding that having those thoughts of self-doubt can be ultimately like what can be a downfall for a day or something like that. So understanding this is why I'm feeling this way. This is how I can fix it. Awesome. Great. And then moving on. And to be clear for everybody, feeling self-doubt, there's nothing wrong with that. Just notice when it's starting to take over your life and prevent you from doing the things that you actually want to do. And if you get to that point, we would love to connect you with the right resources. And if you actually, if you have felt self-doubt about your diabetes like or or about the things that you want to do, please reach out to us. We'd love to connect you with the right resources. And if you want to come over to the Hafted Pancreas Club, we can help you there. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.